Welcome to Talking Leadership with Chris Marshall. This podcast is designed to help leaders make their next right move. Chris, right now we're in the middle of a series at uh, New Life Christian Ministries, and we're talking about spiritual growth. And uh, we particularly are talking about the four stages of spiritual growth. And today you'd like to dig into that a little bit more for leaders. So would you explain what that means for leaders? Yeah, sure, Brad. Thanks. Uh, first off, I'd just like to say that leadership is leadership. What I mean is if you're a business leader, a church leader, uh, if a sports captain of a team, something like that, any role of leadership, there are certain principles that apply. But what we're going to be talking about today really does focus in on the church. Because we're going to be talking about, as Brad said, the spiritual growth continuum or the four stages of spiritual growth. Now, as a leader in the church, and I'm assuming many of you who listen will be leaders in a church, what you want to understand is we don't just lead in a vacuum, but we lead for a purpose. And that purpose is to help people to know Jesus Christ and then to grow up so that they'll eventually want to help others come to know Jesus. And uh, one of the things we would talk about in terms of spiritual growth uh, along this, uh, helping people along this spiritual growth continuum is movement. When a person comes into the church for the very first time, whether it's for a worship gathering or a small group, uh, an event, whatever it might be, um, they may or may not know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Obviously, our first goal is to give them the opportunity to be welcomed, to know that we love Jesus and we want them to have that experience in their own lives if they don't yet, and to move them from what we would call an explorer, which is a person, that's the first stage actually, who um, believes there's a God but just isn't sure about Jesus. They don't know what role Jesus has in their life. And, and I guess you might say there's a stage zero, which would be a person who's an atheist or an agnostic, just doesn't care about God. Quite frankly, most of those people probably aren't showing up in our churches. But once somebody comes to church for the very first time, for whatever reason, we want them to feel a sense of welcome and belonging. And, and actually, back in 2004, a church that most people who are aware of anything about American churches are aware of, Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago, Illinois, did a study, and it was actually an extensive study, which now has been done in more than a thousand churches. They called it the Reveal Survey. And what they wanted to find out was, are people actually becoming believers? And then once they do, are they actually growing or moving along a spectrum? And they they really didn't know what they were going to find out for sure. But what happened was it, it came very clear to them through these surveys that there are four specific stages. And along each of those stages, people are looking for certain things in order to help them move from one stage to the next. And so the Explorer, for example, is looking for, first of all, help in developing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that makes sense because if somebody comes in our doors, whether through a small group or an event, whatever, um, and they're curious, they just, they, they, they know there's something maybe missing in their life, or maybe they've heard that uh, the church that they're attending or participating in for just for one event uh, is, is different, uh, that there's some things going on. It just, it's just alive. And, and they're, they're, just looking for more than they have in their life. Uh, the, the first thing it would make sense is that they're wanting to know about this Jesus guy. Is he really just a guy or is he God? Is he who he says he is in the, in the pages of the Bible? And so when they come as explorers, the first thing they want to know is, can you help me develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Now, one of the other things, it's the second most important thing, actually, I'm going to talk about five things that each stage is looking for. And, and when it's the, the explorer we're talking about, these folks, about 65 to 70% of the people surveyed in this group saw these five things as the most important. And uh, so the second one is compelling worship experiences. Now, if you're listening and, and you may be in a church that's more traditional, 
A compelling worship service does not necessarily mean that you use uh, modern music or video, but it probably does. It probably means that you're looking into the culture, you're seeing what's going on out there in the culture, and then you're modeling your worship experience to reflect that to some degree. What I'm not saying is that you water down the, the message. The message always stays the same. The message that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, that he uh, came to live a perfect life, die on the cross, rise from the dead, that message never changes. But what changes is the methods we use to present the message. And here at New Life, we've uh, committed ourselves from day one, and we've been around for about 14 and a half years, now, um, we committed ourselves from day one to what we call indigenous worship. What that means is we use the language, the music, the dress, the technology of the day in which we live. So when somebody comes to a worship experience, they're going to find that the music sort of reflects what they would hear if they turned the radio and listened to popular music out there in the culture today. They would see that not somebody dressed in a black robe or in a suit, but somebody dressed in everyday clothing. They would experience the message in language that they can understand. Now, they might not understand a word like sanctification, but we would explain that in everyday terms so that they would have an idea of what we're talking about. The idea, again, is that when they come in, the ex- it would be an experience. We're, I guess we're specifically talking about worship right now, but even in a small group or even an event that the church hosts, there should be uh, a familiarity. I guess the word I would use is familiarity with, oh, this feels normal. It doesn't seem weird. It doesn't seem like something ancient or archaic. And so that's the second thing folks are looking for in this explorer uh, group. And then the next thing is, a feeling of belonging. And I think that makes the most sense of, of all five of them because in our culture, it's often been said, you know, we're the most connected and at the same time most isolated culture in the history of the world because we can plug in our computers, turn on our phones, and we can be connected with the world, literally. Uh, and Facebook, you know, we can have hundreds, even thousands of friends, but really, are they friends? You know, some people have thousands of friends on Facebook, but they don't have one person that if they had a real a personal crisis in their life, they could call and say, hey, would you be here? I need you. And so what people are looking for in this Explorer group is they're looking for a place where they can fit in, where they can belong. And here at New Life, one of the things that we do is we make the environment welcoming. When people come in in the morning, there's coffee on, tea, uh, hot water for hot chocolate, whatever. We have refreshments, usually cookies, donuts, that kind of thing, so that people come in and they can uh, feel like we were expecting them, first of all. And if you're a church and you're a church leader, you ought to be considering when somebody comes to the doors of our building, if we have a building or, or the school where we rent or whatever, do they uh, feel like we were expecting them? And I mean, how can you have a sense of belonging in a place where they didn't even know you were coming or expect you to be there? So that's the third thing, a feeling of belonging. And then next they want help in understanding the Bible in greater depth. People who are explorers are, are wondering, is the Bible true? Uh, you know, Christians say it's the word of God. Christians say that God told these authors of 66 different books what to say and how to say it perhaps, and, and that the message is, again, that there's a God in the universe who created everything and that he loves us even though we've rejected him and, and came in the form of the man Jesus Christ to live a perfect life, teach who he is and what he expects of us and then died on the cross to pay the penalty for human sin, rose from the dead and went back to heaven and sent his spirit so that we can live in God's power in our everyday lives. Now, that's a message 
that's not being, you don't see that on TV these days. You don't see that anywhere in our culture. And yet that's what we say is true. And so people in the explorer um, stage of life who haven't yet committed their life to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord want to know, is the book reliable? What does it say? Does it apply to my life? I mean, it was written thousands of years ago. Is it really for me today? If you're a church leader in a small group, you need to be asking yourself that question. When I present the truth from the Word of God, how can I present it in a way that some Somebody living in 2015 can say, huh, that makes sense. That seems real and, and can see how it applies in their everyday life. And then the final thing uh, that's important to these explorers, obviously there are more things, but high priority thing is they want to see church leaders who model and consistently reinforce how to grow spiritually. In my own life experience, the best leaders for me have been those leaders who in their own lives have practiced what they preached. They've said that God is love and they've been loving to me. They've said that God speaks the truth and they've been truthful with me. And so what people out there in the world who are explorers are looking for when they come to your church, uh, to a small group or to an event, to a worship experience, what they're looking for is do the people up front, the people in charge, do they seem real? Does it seem like when they say we care about you that they actually care about them. When, when we say, for instance, that we were expecting you, that it really looks like we were expecting you and that we want you to be there, that we actually do. They want a consistency between word and action. And so those are the things that an explorer is looking for. Then if they find those things, they're going to stick around. And when they stick around, hopefully what will happen is that over time, they will move to the next stage, which is called in the, the reveal survey, they call it growing in Christ. But here at New Life, we call that believers because the difference between an explorer and a believer is that person has now decided that they want to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And people, in order to move to that stage, their five most important things, and actually it's more than two-thirds of the people responded this way, it's now getting into the 75 and 80% range. They're saying these are the vital things for us. And the first one is exactly the same as for explorers. It's help in developing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I think that makes sense. If you're, if you're an explorer and you're looking to see what's next and you want to know, do I really want to become a believer? You need to deal with Jesus. You need to understand that Jesus Christ made some amazing claims. He claimed to be the Messiah, the son of the living God. He claimed that he's the only way, the only truth, and the only life. You can't come to heaven. You can't come to know God the Father. You can't receive salvation except through him. That's a very exclusive, I always call it an exclusive and inclusive claim. The exclusive claim is he's the only way. The inclusive claim is anybody is welcome. And so if you're an explorer and you want to uh, think about becoming a believer, you're going to have to deal with Jesus. And if you're a church leader, if you're, as I said, small group leader, maybe you're in a youth ministry and you're working with teenagers or even children's ministry, or you're working with children, they want to know when they come in that Jesus Christ is gonna be the focus. They wanna know that your lesson isn't gonna be some something that's relevant to uh, you know the, the current times, but it isn't anchored in Jesus. And that's really important for us to understand. Yes, we wanna have maybe the best coffee in town. Yes, we wanna have the jamminess band in town. But what we want to do is when we're singing worship songs is be lifting up the name of Jesus. We need to, even in what we sing, we need to make sure that people understand this is about Jesus. This is what we're going to talk about, sing about, pray about, and live in our daily lives. And so they want help in understanding how do I get from where I am to this 
what Jesus called born again life because that's, <laughs> that's a radical difference. We're gonna have a new life. The second thing they want is help in understanding the Bible in greater depth. Now, you may recall that for the Explorer, that was fourth on their list. It makes sense that if you're a believer, you've now trusted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, that you want to know what the Bible has to say in greater depth because it's now become the guide for your life. Before, when you're an Explorer, um, the Bible was maybe an interesting book. You might have seen it maybe as a book of legends and myths. You weren't sure about it. But now you're accepting the claim that the Bible is God's word. And you're starting to see that it has an application for your daily living. And you want to see whether it's in your daily Bible reading or whether it's in a small group or on Sunday morning or Saturday night when you come to worship, wherever you come to worship, whenever that might be, that the Bible is the tool that's used to make Jesus clearer, make um, God more uh, real, and to make your daily life more about the, the principles, the teachings, and the commands of God. So the third thing is um, church leaders who model and consistently reinforce how to grow spiritually. Again, that was fifth for explorers, but now you're a church leader. We're talking to church leaders here, and people are looking at you. They're always looking at you. They're always looking at us. They're always saying, do their words and their lives match up? But now the believer is looking with even more scrutiny. He or she wants to know, does this life that I read about in the Bible that I'm starting to sense is my life, can it really become more and more the life that looks like Jesus? And they want it to look around, they're going to look around at you if you're a leader. So the real strong implication at every level, because I, I, I need to tell you, in all four stages, people are looking at you and they want to see you as a role model. You know, sports figures out in our culture say, I'm not a role model. Well, guess what? We are. We're role models. Every single moment of our lives, people are looking at how we relate to our families. They're looking at how we deal with um, stress and pressure in our life. They're looking at how we respond when somebody says something that we don't want to hear. They're, they're just looking, uh, they're just watching. And so if you're a church leader, uh, one of the key things that needs to happen is more and more, you and I have to be who we say we are and we have to do what we say we're going to do. Then uh, the, the fourth thing for the believer is compelling worship experiences. It, for explorers, that was second, but it moves down to fourth because the people are on board now. They, they believe that God is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is God. They believe that their life has been changed. And, and, and so compelling worship is still, uh, still important. If you're a church leader, um, people don't want you to bore them. Uh, in whatever it is that you're doing. They want excellence. They expect that. Um, but now that's not the priority. The priority is, as we said, this help in developing the personal relationship and understanding the Bible and seeing the role models that are going to help them to grow closer to Jesus. Now, something new happens when you become a believer, and that's the fifth thing, a challenge to grow and take next steps. If you're a church leader and you've maybe been a little cautious about pushing a new believer uh, in their growth, don't be afraid because they want to be challenged to grow. And, and that's a very key and important reality. Sometimes uh, churches think that if I, if I push a new believer a little bit, maybe they won't come back. Maybe, maybe if I say the hard thing in my message or in my small group, um, it's going to cause people to, to go away and, and never come back. The truth is, uh, according to the survey, which has now been done by more than a quarter of a million people, believers want to be challenged to grow in their faith. And so we, we maybe uh, sometimes err on the side as leaders of not, uh, not pushing enough, not, not offering enough challenge for growth and commitment. 
So let's look at what happens. After a believer is in this process, they're growing in their faith, what's the next stage? Well, at Willow Creek, they called it close to Christ. Here at New Life, we call it disciples. And simply, the reason we use the term disciples, it's easy to remember, and it's people who have taken on more of the disciplines of following Jesus. Now, once again, for this group, uh, the five most important needs are even more fervently felt. It's in the 85% range that these five things were experienced on the surveys. And the number one thing, the number one thing now is help in understanding the Bible in greater depth. And that makes sense because now they already know Jesus and they, they're always going to want, in fact, um, wanting to help have help in developing a relationship with Jesus is in all four stages. But now the most important thing for those who want to be disciples of Jesus, is they want help in understanding the Bible. The best thing we can do as church leaders is we can put the Bible in the hands of people, whether that's through our messages, whether that's through online materials, whether it's through Bible studies, whether it's through challenging them to do Bible reading programs. When they open up the Bible and when they read what's there and when the Holy Spirit works in that, they grow. And so the most important thing we can do as church leaders is give them the Bible. The next thing they want is help in developing a personal relationship with Jesus. Even though they know him, they still want to see what does that look like? How do we flesh that out? And again, third on the list is church leaders who model and consistently reinforce how to grow spiritually. If, if we can show people that our lives are moving, uh, even if we're the fourth stage, I'll give you a, a little spoiler alert, it's called spirit-led. If we're spirit-led people as leaders, and if we're leaders in the church, we probably are either disciples or spirit-led, they wanna see that the spirit is leading us. They wanna see that we have the disciplines that we're talking about, that consistency. And again, not perfection. Uh, church leaders are, are, are like all people, we're imperfect. Only Jesus was perfect. What people want to see in church leaders is not perfection. They want to see honesty. They want to see transparency. They want to see us admit it when we made a mistake. In fact, one of the things I've been told many times over the years after a message is, thank you so much for letting us know that you're real, that you struggle with anger, that you struggle with everyday things that we struggle with, that, that you and your wife don't have a perfect relationship because we can aspire to be more than we are now, but this, this perfect picture that so often is painted by church leaders, we know it isn't real and, and you don't paint that picture. So I'm not talking about modeling perfection, although where we can, you know, Paul the Apostle at the end of his life said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we want to imitate Jesus to the point that people see him in us. And yet day by day by day, what people are looking for at the disciple stage is just that consistent modeling of the life of Jesus Christ from their leaders. Now again, uh, in the people that are at the disciple level, they want the challenge to grow and take next steps. How can we expect people to move in this spiritual growth continuum if we don't challenge them to move. People need challenges in our lives, even if you're a leader. In fact, I guess I'm challenging you right now. I'm challenging you to go back and challenge the people that you lead in your small group or that you're preaching to, teaching, that you're ministering with in whatever capacity as a leader. Um, give people the opportunity to grow. Challenge them to move. Give them a goal. Give them an, an opportunity. And even if it's something like a special offering. Maybe you have a ministry that you support in some foreign land and you say, we're going to take a special offering uh, this 
Christmas and our goal is $50,000 or $5,000 or $500,000, the size of the church may depend, uh, determine the number that you have, but even goals like that can be something that helps people to go home and say, wow, you know, I buy a pizza every Thursday night. Maybe if I didn't buy that pizza, I'd have $1,000 by Christmas. If I started in January, if you think about it, that's really actually true. Um, and I could, I could participate in a special way. So challenge to growth. And then final thing that is different among those who are in the uh, disciple group is they want encouragement to take personal responsibility for their own spiritual growth. There comes a time in every person's life when they have to change from being a child to being an adult. They, they go from having someone tell them what to do to, to being their own determiner of what to do. And that's the transition that's being made now at this disciple phase. As we grow into maturity as followers of Jesus, we want challenges and encouragement to take the next step on our own, to think about what would the next step look like for you. And sometimes um, I will say that, or Pastor Brad or, or whoever's preaching here at New Life will say, what's the next step look like for you? It might not be the same as it is for me. Because all of us are different, we're unique. God has created us each in our own particular way. And how is it gonna look for you to understand the Bible in greater depth? What's it gonna take? Are you gonna need to read a chapter a day, a book a day? Or are you gonna need to have a Bible program that, that is gonna help and encourage you along that path? Are you gonna need a checklist? Is, are you gonna need a Bible app that's gonna you know beep at you every morning at seven o'clock so you'll read the book? Everybody's different but challenge and encourage people to take personal responsibility for their spiritual growth. Now, the final stage, the Willow Creek people called it Christ-centered. Here at New Life, we call it Spirit-led. And the reason we, we do that is because if you look at the life of the disciples of Jesus, before Jesus died, rose from the dead, and went to heaven, they worked hard. They did their best to follow Jesus, but they failed so frequently. And then when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, what we see is a transformation that's impossible in any other way than having the Holy Spirit leading in our lives. Peter, who denied Jesus three times on the day of Pentecost after the Holy Spirit filled him, stood up in front of thousands of people and boldly proclaimed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And as a result, 3,000 people became believers that day and the church of Jesus Christ was born. So in our lives, what we wanna do is we wanna encourage people to start letting the Holy Spirit lead them from the inside out. And we wanna continue to encourage that for the rest of their life cycle as a follower of Jesus. Because once you get to the fourth stage, you're not done. There's always more growth to do at that stage. Now, the interesting thing about the reveal survey is that it showed that for those who are in the spirit-led group, the five most important things are exactly the same as they were for the disciples. It's just that they're even more intense. So let me review those quickly. Help in understanding the Bible in greater depth. Help in developing a personal relationship with Jesus. Church leaders who model and consistently reinforce how to grow spiritually. Challenge to grow and take next steps. Encouragement to take personal responsibility for spiritual growth. And I would underline that fifth one. If you're a church leader and you have someone in your small group or in your, you know, in your church family, on your ministry team, who you know is spirit-led, then you wanna encourage them and say, look, Joe, you, you, I see you growing so much. And here's a book that I read that I think will be helpful for you. And maybe you see a particular area where they're struggle, struggling. And so you give them a book that applies to, to that area. Or, hey, Susie, I see your compassion for Jesus. It's just so, so uh, overwhelming almost. And maybe you would, would 
like to do a ministry in a nursing home or, or maybe you'd like to become a Stephen minister because that ministry would just ideally fit who you are. And the better we know our people, uh, whether it's in a small group setting, in a, a youth group setting, a children's ministry even, the better that we can help lead them and encourage them in their own spiritual growth. Spiritual growth has principles that apply to all of us. Obviously, if we don't know Jesus, we can't grow. Once we know Jesus, we can. Once the Holy Spirit's in our life, we'll grow at a a more rapid rate if we let him lead in our lives. But each of us is a unique creation of God. And so as we go about our role as leaders, getting to know the people with whom we minister, and then uh, encouraging them each in their own area of need, and potential growth is gonna be a way that shows several things. Number one, it will show that we are indeed a leader who models and reflects Jesus Christ, who cared about each of us as if there were only one of us, but it will also help them to become all that God created them to be. I hope as you continue in your role as a leader that you'll, you'll reflect on these stages and you'll look at people and, and not, not to judge them, but to say to them, you know, I think that, that I, I see some movement and encourage and challenge to that next level because as we see our people grow and then we see them start to challenge and help other people, that's really what the church is. The church of Jesus Christ is people who come to know him and eventually make him known because we grow up and understand that that's one of the greatest callings he gave us to go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations and and teach them to know and to do what he commanded. So. Uh, that's it for this week. I'm really glad that, that you listened. And, uh, and if, you, uh, if you want to know what it means to be a leader, it, it means to be someone who's also moving, growing in your own faith. I think we all know that. And as we practice that, we will be the models that the, all the folks at all the stages explore, uh, believer, disciple, and spirit-led are looking for. God bless you in that pursuit. If you are a leader, we want to share with you that resource that Pastor Chris mentioned in the podcast. It's called, the book is called Move, What 1,000 Churches Reveal About Spiritual Growth, and it's by Greg Hawkins and Callie Parkinson. Uh, You could probably find that book on Amazon or any of your, uh, wherever you get books. And uh, it's been an incredible experience, Chris. Sharing this with our people even has been incredible because then people know and understand where they're at and how they can move. Would Would you just speak to that just for I mean, this is for leaders to know, but but we shared it actually, this is the second time right. with our people, and it's been incredible what God is doing. Right, and people, uh, people have come to me and said, I never knew really where I was. I, I really never knew specifically that I needed to grow from one place to the next, and now I know where I am. In fact, we've titled the message series this time, You Are Here, sort of like the kiosk when you go into the mall. If you don't know where you are, you can't find the store you want to go to, and if you don't know where you are spiritually, it's tough to know where you're growing to. But our people have affirmed over and over again, both three years ago when we did this series and now, that it's a big encouragement to them to know where they are and to be challenged to grow to the next level. Well, thank you so much for listening to Talking Leadership with Chris Marshall. And we hope you'll join us again next month as we dig into another leadership topic.